Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Growing Up Fire, episode eight. I got Ray and Ben from Seahawk with me today. They're also my bosses, so watch for some sparks there. We're in uh, Carmen, Manitoba at the Seahawk headquarters. We're buckled down, we got drinks in hand, we're ready to rock for an hour here and tell you all about Seahawk and firefighting and all the things we know about the world. So we'll see what kind of stories we can get out of these guys. I didn't tackle last names because listen to this. So Ray, go ahead. Nyanheis. Nyanheis, spell that one, folks. I'll give you a prize. And Ben? Ben Vanderswag. Vanderswag. Okay, so you can imagine when I book in the hotels with these guys what it's like. But So we've known each other for quite a while now, guys, right? When I was a fire chief, I was one of your customers. And then uh, you guys were crazy enough to hire me later on. And so now I work for you. Into some fun places, done some fun things over the time. We were just talking before the podcast started about the trip to New York, so it's good to throw that out there, right? Ray, do you want to talk about the time we went to that gay bar by accident? I think you guys were by yourself that time. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun though, right? I mean, it's, that bathroom I'll never forget, that was a bit awkward. I love the people, everyone treated us like a million bucks in there, and uh, we were just down from Rescue One, so we got to see Rescue One in New York City roll out. And Yeah, I still, every time I see that truck or that hall, I mean, it brings back good memories. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, like all of it. I mean, that whole trip, right? Going to the Twin Towers and and getting to go see all those things and stop at all those fire halls. And what for me, that trip was pretty amazing because all of those firefighters treat us like a million bucks. Yeah, we and they didn't know us from the hole in the ground, right? Tim? Yeah. We just walked in there and they were like bending over backwards. Well, and like uh, the little lieutenant that was running Rescue One that day, right? What was she, five feet tall? And there's all those six and a half foot tall guys. And man, she barked an order and those guys snapped to attention. And then she started telling us about everything that's in the truck and all the work that they do and how there's only five of those trucks in the whole city of New York. And I was thinking, man, this lady is the greatest leader on the planet, right? Like she's just, she's getting it done. Yeah. No, New York is definitely a highlight in my life for sure. As a firefighter, seeing 9-11 is... It's mind-blowing, right? It's... Yeah, being on the site and getting to go down into the thing. And I remember that tour. We're all down inside the uh, museum. We never even saw each other for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Everybody just yeah, split we just up. Scattered. And, so we kind of got our own four different stories there. But, you know, it was super cool. So And then we went over to FDIC. So for anyone that's never been to FDIC, check that out. These guys were getting me ready. They'd been before. And I show up and there's 60-some fire trucks there and four different halls of fire stuff and I thought I was pretty worldly when it comes to the fire service. Turns out I didn't know anything. So, And then I got to see all the trick riding on the scooters. So you guys were <laughs> champion trick riders on the scooters. Yeah, so. the second best part of FDIC. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of people listening right now going, oh, yeah. Right? I think we might have some video of That's that, right. actually. And for the record, Ray did not have to go to the hospital. It was okay. <laughs> not for riding those. That's, That's right, yeah. So good times. I mean, we did some of that. You guys uh, did a lot of work for us over in Slave Lake there and got to go to a lot of different uh, shows and things like that over the time. So it's always a good time to get together. And you guys decided that you were crazy enough to come on the podcast and talk about this stuff. So I love that. So give me a little background. Uh, We'll start with you, Ray, on your kind of your fire background. I know you had said no other firefighters in your family, but like, when did you start? Why did you start? Yeah, so that goes back to uh, 2010. I was driving with Chad Vanderveen to Winnipeg, and he was a firefighter with Carmen Fire. And he asked me, uh, he's like, why don't you join the fire department? I'm like, 
okay, well, what do I do? He's like, oh, I just got to fill this application. So filled out the application, sent it in, had an interview with the chief and deputy chief, which is Ben Vanerswag, my partner here. They got accepted, so I went home and told my wife that I was joining the fire department. Oh, <laughs> and, that uh, talk, yeah, I've been yeah. there. <laughs> Suppose you were supposed to discuss that before <laughs> big life-changing moments. <laughs> Ouch, there, yeah, there's a few other hundred people going, oh yeah, right, tough life. That shows how ignorant we are. We don't actually think it's a big life-changing moment. <laughs> That's right, right yeah. <laughs> What could go wrong? <laughs> no, and then uh, first practice, they threw me right into it. We went to the CCAN, threw on a BA the first time. They were showing me how to run the pump, and right wow it's baptism by fire yeah right and so that kind of goes back all the different stages of uh, recruitment and retention that's certainly not, not how we do it today but <laughs> quit, quit so, giving away our seat yeah exactly yeah right on good good stuff and so ben now it's your turn what roll it back for us yeah my story goes back to 2001 so just about 20 years i guess and a friend of mine that i was had worked with in the past ran into him on a saturday morning had a great chat with him and he kind of hit me up at the end of the conversation and said, you know, like you should join the fire department. We're actually low on members. And uh, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty busy and don't know if that's my gig. Anyway, finished the conversation, went home and was having lunch with my wife, Jody. I was like, hey, I ran into Lyle and had a great chat. And I was like, yeah, I was kind of joking. He said, he told me to join the fire department. I should join up. And and my wife looks at me and says, well, what did you say? And I was like, well, no, that's that's not for me. And she's like, well, why not? I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I looked at her and said, I don't know. And she's like, well, you should join. So submitted an application and yeah, next thing nice. I knew. I was and that's as growing up fire as it gets, right? I mean, every one of those stories is different, but the same. Now I wish that Jody, your wife was sitting right beside you so she could tell me her part of it. And Amanda, Ray's wife was sitting here because they always have their own growing up fire story. Even though they're not on the fire department, they are by default. And Yeah, you can't do this job without the support at home. Oh, for sure, right? The very first time you left your kids sitting there staring at the table while you had to go to a call and someone didn't jump in to help out, you'd be, Ooh, that's yeah. it. So it's fun. And then, Ben, you talked about there is a little firefighting in your background. Unfortunately, I never really got to chat with him about it, but my grandpa was a firefighter actually at the Sleeman um, Brewery in Guelph, Ontario. So years and years ago, my grandma kind of told me a few of the stories, but yeah, he had joined up. So that wasn't actually a municipal department. It was more of an industry style department, but yeah, he was a part I of that. I still so. wish you would ask them questions. I know how much beer got drank in the day, <laughs> right? At a regular fire department. How much gets drank at the Sleeman fire department? Somebody knows the answer to that. Send me, hit me up on social media, uh, Chief Coots, let me know how much beer gets drank at the Sleeman Fire Department. Yeah, so that's cool, right? I yeah, mean, anytime yeah. you can think back in your family, think about all the different people that were in there, right? So Ray, none for you, you're the first, but just you could imagine right down the road, your kid, your grandkids, whatever, right? Could be talking about how their dad was on the fire department. Could be the start of a legacy. Wow, right? It's that simple. Yeah. You're number two. You're like me. I'm number two in my family. My grandfather and now yeah. me. My son's number three already. And my three-year-old grandson, I think it's safe to say he's number four. <laughs> so, you know, we got it up and rolling. So that's good. We talked about you never really had this driving thing. You have to be a firefighter. You're like everyone else. You got recruited, right? It's like, yeah, we got another sucker. He starts on Monday, right? But let's now relate that back to, so you also run a successful company, Seahawk. You guys do Firehawk. All right, service work with Seahawk. You do gear sales, truck sales. And now you got me working for you and we're doing some consulting work. So you've got, you know, all of that grew up from somewhere. So let's talk a little bit about that, Ben. So it started with, I was working for a company called Walinga in their truck service center. 
was on the fire department already for nine years and kind of started to move up the ranks and got to be part of the uh, purchase process for fire truck. That fire truck got delivered, then started to get to know the guy that uh, delivered it. And then through that process, it made sense for us to also start servicing trucks a little bit at Walinga. That grew. So that was 2009, kind of grew that part of it. In 2012, Ray came on board, started working with us at Walinga Emergency Vehicle Service. And then uh, in 2013, Ray and I approached Walinga and said, hey, we really want to grow this. We think there's a huge need in the industry for fire truck service. We realized that, you know, so much wasn't getting done for fire departments. We approached Willinga and said, hey, we want to grow it. At that time, Willinga said, yeah, you know, we're not really in the uh, right uh, state to do that at this point. So then Ray and I came back and said, well, would you be willing to sell that division to us? So that was uh, June of 2013, and that's when we turned it into Seahawk and kind of never looked back from there. So. The rest is history, as they say. That's right? what they say. We're, yeah. we're writing it every day. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool story because it was Ray and myself, just the two of us. You, you got to understand there was nobody else behind us. We had no admin staff, no nothing. We had a couple credit cards. Yeah, the support of our uh, families. Our wives were big supports pushing us and helping us out. Yeah, cool stories. Ray can tell you about the first pump that we pulled out. <laughs> is it the two crazy cowboys from Carmen, Manitoba coming up right here. And this is where Benito gets a mention. <laughs> Benito. Benito, Manitoba, What's yeah. What's up, Benito Bill? Peace, brother. Yeah. Pulled out the uh, shop, was getting uh, the floor redone, renovating the shop. Wasn't quite done, so we had to pull the pump out to get some parts coming and did it on the little pad out in front of the garage, half concrete, half gravel. Yeah, right in front of the garage at home. Wow, eh? Just everybody's dream workspace. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got you had the red toolbox with your six wrenches in it and your pipe wrench and your... It's a good uh, thing it was June because it was nice and warm out. <laughs> <laughs> the rain starts, eh? We're calling this, eh? Time out for rain. No, and I think that's what happens. I mean, I think a lot of these companies and a lot of uh, people in the fire service, you know, it's kind of a hobby. It's kind of a fun thing. You're doing it. And then all of a sudden there's these opportunities off to the side. Now, you guys had a job and then took your hobby and applied it to that job and then bought the company. And so not everybody knows you guys, but you guys are like two different types of people for sure. I won't say oil and water. It's not like you're against each other, but definitely two different kinds of guys, right? But you run this solid business and got people in uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. It's kind of, you know, slowly growing every year, just kind of keeps going up. You're doing different things. So let's talk about that. There's got to be things that you love, right? So let's start with the things you love. So Ray, go first. What do you love about the fire service? What do you love doing every day? You're working with people that, as a firefighter, I think comes first. You're meeting people that do the same thing in their communities. They're great people, they're helping out. And a lot of us don't never had formal training, obviously to start to be a firefighter or even have that will to be a firefighter, but it came, you live it and you love it. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. You know, it's a Ray and I have this special relationship. I'm trying to hit 500 fire halls visited by the end of 2021. Ray actually counts and puts on a map with little ticks. He uses the mapping app. He's a bit of a show off and he can tell you every fire hall. And then we look at all the door codes, right? He's he got like 200 door codes stored in his phone. Public broadcasting here, you guys should change some of your door codes because firefighters, I could pick like three numbers and then break into like 40% of your fire hall. So, you know, it's kind of cool, right? And so we get talking about like, let's look at, I just run mine on a list. I don't have a fancy thing that I use, but we've been to a lot of fire halls and you add it up together. Some are the same, some are different. Uh, you guys do work in Northern Ontario. 
I haven't really been up there that much and it's fun to have that little bit of competition i always throw my number out there and ray always picks a higher number and throws it out there but <laughs> well to be fair it's 325 and the way i do my stars on my map is it's not the fire halls i've been to it's the fire halls we've done work in or do work in so my number of stars is 325 but there's probably like another 150 uh, halls that i've been in it's getting deep in here, folks. I can tell you right now. It's all, right now, he's at 475 all of a sudden, and we're working it out. So, whatever, reach out to me. I want to come visit your fire hall. You know me. It's my drive. It's my passion. I like getting out there. So, good stuff. If right? you need the hall code, just get yeah. That's right. You you already been there. <laughs> awesome. So, Ben, like for you, what what are some of your favorite parts? What do you love? It's about offering solutions. So. It was really cool with starting the service department, the Seahawks Specialized Truck Service, when we started fixing and servicing trucks. So many chiefs and departments didn't have access to proper service, nowhere to buy the parts. So learning all that and then being able to provide and be that solution was super exciting. And then I, I guess Ray and I are both pretty driven in that sense. And we, so after a while, you just, you're like, well, now you're getting the questions about, What's some good equipment that we should be buying? You know, hey, we need to buy a new truck. You guys service trucks all the time. What kind of truck should you be buying? As firefighters, you know that we all love to share information. We're really, really good at that as far as the networking goes. So for me, it was super exciting to be able to say, hey, you know what? Look at these style of fire trucks. These guys take a lot of pride in their work. Uh, for us, obviously, that was Acres, putting a plug in there for them. But there's some other good manufacturers out there as well that we really recognized. We're able to push departments in those directions. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the gear, same thing. Got, firefighters are asking us all the time, what kind of gear is good? Where should we buy it? Where should we source it? So it made sense for us to start to uh, go down those paths. It's about being the solution, right? Or having a solution, sorry, for them. Nice, right on. You know, to me, I love all that stuff and all those pieces, right? Today, I was in Winkler, Manitoba. You know I got to stop by. That's my favorite fire hall in all of the places I've been in Canada. Shout out to the old chief that built the place and the new chief that keeps it running, right? It's my favorite. Do not drive by there without stopping in Winkler, Manitoba to check out that fire hall. You'll love it. Every single one has a story, right? We were talking to Paul Weeboat in Hanover uh, just a couple nights ago. And, uh, you know, he's showing us different fire halls and, and telling us his story about how to start and the pride and professionalism that you see when we get to stop at, in Ray's case, the 325 fire halls. And in my case, the 347 that we get to stop at, right? It's always the same. You know, every firefighter is super proud to be there. Every chief is trying to do the best they can. And, and so it's fun to just get out there and, and be with those guys. We get to go to some crazy places, like let's be honest, yeah. you know, we were at South Indian Lake up in northern Manitoba, right? It's, I think it took us like 12 hours to drive out there. Uh, <laughs> at least. At least, yeah, right? And, uh, you know, this trip we were out at Buffalo Point, Manitoba, so that was fun to, yeah. to get out there. Next week we're going up to Muscaday, First Nation up by Prince Albert in Saskatchewan, right? So, you know, Ray, where's like the tiniest place to the big place? Where are some of your favorites? Yeah, definitely uh, for an industrial one, it be... Uh, Detour Lake Gold, okay, which cool. is Kirkland Lake Gold now, yeah. biggest open pit gold mine in in Canada. I think it's set to be the biggest in North America. Yeah, and yeah, that's 50 kilometers from the Quebec border, so it takes almost 20 hours of driving just to get there. It's a crazy place. It is right. And then all the way from uh, you know a small rural Manitoba or Saskatchewan or Alberta Fire Department that has one hull, one truck that barely fits in the hull, and sometimes even a dirt floor. Yeah, you know what, I love it so much. 
Ron from Summerside PEI, we pulled up there and got his number from someone and sent him a text to say, hey man, we just want to check out your fire hall, you know, what do you think? And and we're actually late for that one because we had stopped at the Coast Guard boat and those guys were just like, well, you want to see our boat? Come on, check it out, right? And we're like, Ooh. So I'm like texting this fire chief I'd never met saying, I'm going to be late because I'm on this Coast Guard boat now. And as a, So everywhere you go, there's some cool piece of equipment or something you never saw before. And uh, to me, I don't know, it's just incredible. What you know, Ben, for you, what are some of your favorites? Throw them out there. Some From the industrial side would be like a Hope Bay mine uh, way up in Nunavut. That was a big deal, touching uh, Ray and I got to put our feet in the Arctic Ocean there. That was pretty cool. It was then, warm too, you said. Hey, that was yeah, cool. it, was great. it was crazy. <laughs> Relative crazy. to the air, yes. <laughs> yeah, to some of the small departments. One that speaks out for me would be like Merrifield, Saskatchewan. No. Great, great group of guys, you know, just killing it with small budgets and uh, tons of passion, and I love that. So yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, the kings of pop bottles and barbecues there, eh? yeah. bottle drives barbecues. I stopped in there that one time, and, the, you know, you're the spot. I think they cover 300 to 400 people, and they've got this nice little fire hall and good yeah. equipment, and yeah. they've custom-built some stuff, right? So yeah. firefighters, right, kings of invention so and innovation. So I love that yeah. you picked that one. That's super cool, too. Yeah, very cool. There's too many, right? I mean, everyone you stop at has some cool thing and characters, right? Growing up fire is also about characters and, and yeah. talking about these people that are larger than life and yeah. all over the place. And love it. It's all good stuff. Now, of course, we got to balance the stuff we love with the challenges, right? So so what are some challenges you see out there in the fire service world, either from Seahawk or even at the Carmen Fire Department? Yeah, so I got a bit of a unique perspective, I think in the sense that get to sit with council, be in the fire chief, work with uh, my officers, and then uh, ultimately the firefighters who are doing all the great work out there. And right now, in today's day and age, it's it's that budget process and the leadership process. Uh, there's a lot of weight on the officers in the fire department, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with that, because uh, for me, that being an officer, that hits close to home. A lot of responsibility, tons and tons of job to do. Little time, and little budget. So how do we maximize that? I think that's gonna be a big challenge. Uh, most of us are totally killing it. Jamie, you and I talk to, about this all the time where as we're doing the eval tool in a couple places, we joke with ourselves how we're doing it ourselves during the eval tool where we're, we'll make the best with what we got. And it's just unbelievable how firefighters do that. It's, it's in our mindset. We're born with it and bred with it. We We'll be given a stick and we'll figure out how to put a fire out with it. Yeah, like it's just do more crazy. with less. It's our fight song, right? I mean, it's just it's kind of how we roll, and we're our own worst enemies. We I, are. I really hate that about uh, the fire service and ourselves. Is we'll just continuously be given more jobs and less money and less people to do it and less time to do it, and we just meet the challenge every time, right? So I think that's one thing we all can improve on a little bit. Is like sometimes you can't do more with less, and and you just got to put your foot down and say, yep. you know help us out and this is the problems and it's all about education right people always forget that counselors are just normal people yeah. Yeah. They, they have no special education to be a counselor they have the whole weight of the entire community on their shoulders everybody wants more everyone wants to do more things and get more money and and be a bigger part of everything and I agree it's not a it's not an easy job I'm not giving them a free pass trust me I'm all about accountability and making sure that you know they did get voted in to do a job so they got to take the education and figure it out but at the same time it's not easy and, and we'll give them that for sure and that's where the responsibility as a chief and an officer is to 
make good and educated decisions and put those decisions in front of council so that they and then in turn can make a good decision and uh, but that's time in today's day and age where we're every minute is accounted for so yeah for sure especially you know a lot of these volunteer departments are trying to do it with like very little time right yeah so you're putting it in your life yeah it, uh, from a service side i see it where a couple years ago we were up in northern uh, saskatchewan and see a truck that's from 1956 still, still in operation st still in the fire hall has 1600 original miles on it <laughs> so not even due for its first oil change right <laughs> but and then counselors see that well, like things in mint shape it's still good well, it's, it's not mint it's old it's right it's, it's designed for the 50s yeah that's right. Yeah, it has none of the new technologies, has none of the rollover stuff, the pumps, the electronics, the no, for sure. And and again, you know, that goes back to the counselors have no specific training to get that job, right? They're just normal people, and so they attach it to their normal life. Yeah. On my farm, I do this. In my business, I do this. In my life, I do that. It's like, yeah, that's nice, and I'm happy for you, but that's not how we do it, right? Uh, I use the example all the time about TVs. You know, you don't see a bunch of black and white TVs that are 14 inches big anymore. No. Because we upgraded. We got some new technology and we got, so, you know, there's that truck. It's the 14 inch black and white TV that we all had, the white box with the antennas. And as a kid, you had to hold the antenna outside so your dad didn't yell at you so you could watch the hockey game. <laughs> Up to today's smart TV, right? We were all day working in a boardroom that has a, you know, a 75 inch TV that's smarter than me. I can tell you that. So. It's a big challenge. It's a big problem, and it's uh, there's no easy solutions there for sure. No, it's like what do you you're putting guys in a house in very dangerous situations, right? Putting fire out, or you can't expect something that's 50 years old to uh, be reliable. Vehicles nowadays, you can drive for literally 100,000 kilometers with probably having zero issues, whereas in the 50s. You have to have a tune-up after four or five thousand kilometers. Exactly. Right? You can almost see that counselor cranking the crank in the front of the truck <laughs> to get it running, saying, "I don't see what the problem is with this. Like, what's wrong with you guys? I got one of these. I'm still hauling grain with this thing." <laughs> Again, it's all about that accountability. I think we all got to hold them accountable and be realistic, but we also have to realize that they have a job to do and, and figure it out. I go to fire departments all the time and we'll talk about money. And again, just everybody's in charge of the, the bottle drives and barbecues and we're making just all this money from the community on top of the tax money to run this stuff. And you're like, well, but that's something that your council should fund. Why are you having a bottle drive and a, and a bake sale and a barbecue trying to get this stuff all figured out? But it's just the way the fire department is, right? So, and I think sometimes council maybe takes advantage of that where they're like, oh, well, if they're going to fundraise the money, yeah. why would we give it to them, right? Yeah. And just down the road to pick on all my public works friends, they're getting a new grader or a new arena or a new, right? <laughs> there we are going, what? We're rolling 1956 vintage fire truck to the full-on call that can kill us, right? Yeah. I don't know. Not fair, not right, but is what it is. So, wow, there's some heavy thought-provoking things <laughs> you know I think that we, we used to uh, I think you guys are old enough to remember this but the the Jetson show right I definitely was I used to get home oh, yeah. you know get my cookies and hit the couch and watch the Jetsons and we're all laughing right you put this pellet in microwave hit a button and out pops this full meal and we're just like ah, ha, ha. and they jump in there flying a uh, little thing two people at a time and fly around and, and then all of a sudden here you are in 2021 going just a minute. I literally can put this little thing in the microwave and have a full meal, <laughs> right? You know, I think Los Angeles announced they bought a fully electric fire truck and pump. 
I know that there's drones that they're manufacturing that can haul one person or two people. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is not that funny. <laughs> that show is actually becoming reality, right? So, so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you guys are in gear sales, truck sales, do service work. You're trying to figure all these pieces out, trying to help fire departments find a direction to go. What do you see? Like what's out there? What's the future? The best part is doing uh, new truck deliveries. Older people are always scared of technology, right? Or not scared of it. They're not familiar with it. Is it like, let's define old quickly, just like, in case, you know. as I sit here with my gray hair. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> o- older than me, let's just say. <laughs> so, yeah, you get the, a guy that's the pump operator, and he's all worried about this new truck coming. It's got all these fancy electronic controls, and he's worried that he's not going to be able to run it. And then you show him how it works, and it's actually easier than running an old truck with a pressure governor or a relief valve sorry right on cool three steps and you're pumping water yeah you know you jump the cabin it's like hit three switches and your pumps running and your foam systems going and your water can spraying water out of the front and yeah it's i never thought of it like that but they must really love that actually when you deliver a new truck oh for sure and like you can kind of tell there's a reserve at first and then afterwards you can tell they're going to keep running that pump again for another 20 years (laughs) especially when it's an acres emergency vehicles (laughs) no doubt Right on. Ben, how about you? What do you see? What's out there? For me, it it ties in a little bit to what Ray says. It's kind of scary with the electronics, but overall, it's electronics and information. So outfitting the trucks with the right equipment and the right tools to do the jobs also has a lot to do actually with fire inspections and fire prevention. So I got to put this plug in for fire prevention. I got a great uh, public education uh, coordinator, Monica Hobosma. She's doing a really great job, and uh, I've been a big proponent of focusing on public education since I joined uh, the fire service and then ultimately became chief, and every year my goal was to increase that budget. I think through public education, we're going to make even more leaps and bounds in the future than actually so much with the actual firefighting. That technology, the stuff Ray referenced, uh, that's going to continue to grow, and we're going to continue to add those electronics into the trucks and equipment and stuff we do, but uh, yeah, for me, I think it blows a lot to public education. I, you know, I love that you put that in there. When I first started as a deputy chief, I won't say how many years ago, cause I'm sick of talking about how old I am. Our budget was a thousand bucks for the whole year for fire prevention, for sure. right? And at that time, let's just say the main budget was like $450,000. It just doesn't work out. It doesn't make any sense, right? And so it's great. I'm glad you did the, the hauler out to Monica. I love her, she's awesome. I didn't know she had a crazy name like you guys. Like, Is anyone in this town just named Smith or something like that? <laughs> we got a Rick Penner. Oh, there you go, the Penners. The Penners, Manitoba Penners. I'd shout out to those guys, it would take like all day. So you look at all of those things and you put them together and we're still like the trucks are crazy expensive and the gear's getting expensive and the training's expensive and the, right? And at the same time, a smoke detector's 10 bucks, a carbon monoxide detector's 15 bucks, coloring book and some crayons for a kid to learn about fire service is basically free, right? So we definitely got to stay on that and, and put that out there. So thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about Seahawk now. So you could say this is a bit of a family business, right? You come here and I'm the only one that has a name that's that small and that easy to pronounce. <laughs> I think you said it perfect, Ray. And so I'm going to turn it over to you when I say you said this is kind of like two families that just got together and they run a business. Yeah, and it's not just uh, it's not just Ben and myself. We uh, we obviously travel a lot for our work and uh, spend a lot of time here and that's not doable with our uh, wives not being on board and our families understanding why why we're not home for birthdays or 
Yeah, for sure. Combined, these guys have like 22 kids, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> I only got three, so Ben's busy. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure, right? And so it's cool. You've got that background, right? Uh, your wives were in today. We were having a little thing at lunch today at a meeting. I get to know your families over the last 16 months a lot better as we come out. And But even here at the business, right? We got the cousins and we got yeah. the dad. Ben's dad works here. So, you know, what's that like coming to work every day and hanging out with your dad? Actually, it's really great, Jamie. Uh, it's funny. A lot of people ask me that. And uh, over the years, uh, to tell you the truth right away, dad's going to hear this, so he'll laugh. I was pretty nervous, but very excited at the same time. My dad's an extremely motivated individual that... Uh, He's got a great passion for anything that he puts his mind to. It's kind of, I guess, where I got to a lot of that. If he starts something, he finishes it. So pretty proud of that. Uh, working with my dad is great. Also, almost right off the hop, Ray and I hired uh, my cousin, Peter Lindy, PJ, we call him, as our purchasing manager. And uh, yeah, another integral part to our business. So uh, it is pretty cool to uh, have family. We're sitting in the conference room having a beer here, chatting for this podcast. And this is pretty much like how most Friday afternoons go. Wrap up the week with talking about the fire drink, service, talking about the fire and, service family, yeah, putting it all together. And I'll just leave a secret mic under here, and you guys start exactly. feeding this stuff to me, right? So Ray, you got some family here too, right? Might as well talk about that. Yeah, I only got one so far. The rest didn't cut it, eh? There, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, cousin uh, Benji came from Ontario all the way to uh, come work for us. So. Benji, the computer guy. There's, there's no one takes more hassle than a computer guy at a fire truck place. I can tell you that. Hit reset. That's all you have to do. Yeah, so that's right. Restart. You turn it off and turn it back on. I keep asking Ray, how can we pay this guy? I just got to hit reset. That's so. right. Yeah. There you go, Benji. Yeah. So. You can imagine being a computer guy in a building full of people that do all firefighting stuff and are firefighters all the time. Yeah. He probably does not get paid enough. So I can't fix it with a halogen or axe. It's no good. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. No, it's fun. I mean, it's a fun place to come. It's fun to be part of that and, and do that. So, you know, for us, this week's been super busy we're working on some cool stuff the fire eval tool not that this is a big commercial for it but it's been fun like we've had some challenging conversations this week trying to figure out you know what does it look like how do we help these fire departments and move it forward you know today we're talking about standard equipment on a fire truck and so you know we thought well that'll be super easy right? you just look that up on the internet and someone will have a list and in true fashion if there's 400 firefighters or fire departments, there was like 600 lists of what the standard equipment would be on a fire truck, right? Yeah. And so to me, it's fun. It's all part of, you know, we get to come out here and sit down with a bunch of people that really care about the fire service and the fire world and, and all the work you're doing with your company and, and kind of get that straight, right? Yeah. So, you know, PJ, he's not a firefighter, but his input's pretty cool because you're like, it's coming from a non-firefighter, yep. right? And we got Harley there, and he's coming from a head-on training firefighting guy, right? Like, why don't we have this? Why don't we have that? And it's, you know, shots fired. My favorite was Harley was telling me about the fire broom, the sweep there, and how he could put out miles of grass fire. And, and I was just like, well, I'm a couple miles ahead of you with my Wayjax pack, so it's all good. Right? <laughs> it's all fun stuff, and, and it's kind of like days and days and days filled with that fire hall banter, I'll call it, right? Where yep. it just never stops. Yeah. firefighters are always after each other and on each other about every little thing that could there could ever be to me grew up that way right growing up fire part of it is the the gags and the talking that kind of stuff talking the smack to each other right but this place is all about that it's fun we get to do that kind of stuff you know the eval tool ben you you helped uh, everybody in here help build it has been fun for you challenge good stuff 
Both fun and challenge. The challenge would be that uh, for me, the consulting world really had no idea what it was about. But to be fair, it was something Ray and I had talked about a lot over the years. You and Kirsten brought a whole new angle to it that uh, I think we were kind of missing originally. And that's why we were pretty excited when you came with the business plan, but or with the eval tool, I'll say we wanted that solution for fire departments, right? I talked about that earlier and I wanted to be able to say, so here's, here's a great truck, here's a great piece of equipment, here's the way you service your truck. And now how do we do the rest? And that's from my background of the administration, dealing with council, knowing that that was a humongous headache, frustration and fear for many of the fire officers. So this kind of helps tie it all together, the eval tool. So the fun part is getting to watch you, Jamie. I've had the opportunity to go see a few uh, of these eval tools be done now and be a part of it. And uh, it's just so cool to see fire officers and firefighters get involved and engaged in it. And then they just get all excited because they feel like, hokey doodles, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, man. We could actually pull this off. We could get operating guidelines. We could get a health and safety plan. Yeah. We could get all this there's stuff hope. done. There's hope, right? Yeah. So, so that's, for me, the fun part. My, my favorite when I talk about the eval tool and I'm everywhere, I always tell them about the phone call. And I don't even know if you'll remember this, Ray, but after the 2011 fire and we're kind of behind on everything, I think it was maybe 2012, and you guys brought us an Acres emergency vehicle, new truck, and we're working on that. And I said, hey, while you're out there working on this, and that could you fix a few other things that we have do you remember how that conversation went yeah for sure it's actually a running joke in service it's like <laughs> i was having the counter okay this is where the guys are going this week and if the guys see slave lake i'll have in there like two days of work right but everybody knows you're gonna be there for at least a week if not two <laughs> So poor Josh, right? We got to give him props. He, he rolls in there the very first time ever. And he's like, how are you long here? You know, how long are you going to be here for, Josh? He's like, well, I th- you know, I'm, it's Thursday, Friday, and I'll probably head home Saturday. And, <laughs> and then, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I could see, like, he's he maybe have to move there. I'm not sure. We're working on all our stuff. So he's like, well, you know, is it okay if I take Sunday off? I'm going to go visit some friends. I said, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, you're back Monday, right? Yeah. And I said, oh, I called Ray today and a couple more jobs we, we talked about. And he's sending you out the parts. And so he can already do the math, right? It's like two days delivery. So I'm still going to be here Wednesday when the parts come. And I think he got to go home after about 10 days, I'll say. It was something. over a week for sure. Yeah. 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 You know, but we treat them good, treat them like family. That's how it always is and got our stuff up and running. And now, of course, it doesn't take as long, but it's uh, same old thing, right? When somebody's actually fixing your stuff and, and you kind of get that confidence built up, you're just like, oh, and this and this and this. Firefighters are the same around the world, right? <laughs> we break stuff, okay? And we also always remember when somebody's fixing this, we remember that we broke that. And when they fix that, we remember that we broke this and it just kind of is this vicious circle. So I can remember the second time Josh came, it wasn't just a toolbox and a few parts. He was, he, the back of his truck was just covered in stuff and he had valves and parts and gauges and he was ready to tackle me there, so. Yeah, he wasn't gonna wait for me to send him parts. Exactly, I'm taking my own parts, right? All of that stuff, it's its fun. So when I think of the eval tool and I'm talking about service, I always tell that story where you're just like, oh yeah, I think we can handle that and I'll get them to order those parts. And, yeah. and then, you know, I'd be out there talking to Josh saying, hey man, can I get you ice cap or something? Just sucking up to him because I didn't want him to get mad and, and take off, right? So uh, I'm pretty sure Josh will attest to that too, that uh, Slate Lake is probably our favorite haul. 
not as far as like you know it's fancy and it's got it's set up well it is set up very well but it's yeah you got your sleeping quarters there so it's just set up well for us to work and then also you feel like family there it's the guys there are all great yeah right you, you're in on the meals and you're in on the yeah and you do get to stay right there and watch the big tv and hang out with everybody it was pretty hard to go to slave lake and not feel like you were part of the family like automatically everybody on the floor there was like treating you like you were one of them so yeah yeah they're pretty good we won't brag about them too much because i brag about them all the time <laughs> but <laughs> nice right on let's flip back carmen fire department right so we got the chief and we got a firefighter you, you guys had the ev eval tool all right uh, you were the pilot community and you're you're in there fixing stuff now changing stuff working through that process what's that been like well, you know what are the what, what are people talking about what are people saying so it's good uh covid sucks <laughs> yeah. everyone agrees with you it's okay <laughs> so it's taken us a bit to get it off the ground yeah we got that action list right of all the different changes uh and things that got to happen and there's lots of excitement there right it, i made you a comment to you there the other day jamie that uh starting to have those discussions with the caos and with the council about uh some of the upcoming budget items and the things that got to be uh, rectified and changed and there's, there's no pushback. Uh, it's exciting because uh, they recognize that there's changes that have to happen. And we've been given a tool to point us in the right direction. So that's that's really cool. Well, you think you're, you're the firefighter guy. You're the guy that all the work gets pushed down onto. How about? <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I had no idea what to expect when we first had it done, but you put it well. I'm not sure when that conversation came up, but when the evaluation tool started, I'm like, okay, well, where, where is this going to start? So he said, okay, well, what's your levels of service? <laughs> right I didn't on. know what the levels of service necessarily were, even though I've been on the department for almost 10 years, right? right it's like, well, if you're going to be a firefighter and have a fire truck, you need to have that fire truck, maintain it, have the training to run it, yeah. and it just kind of spins off from there. It's fun to watch it come together. I, I love to watch it come together and then all the comments that you get and all the, the background and, and fun from it. It's true. Like as a firefighter, you just go there and do your job and right get through it as the fire chief you just go there and figure out the pieces as best you can and it's always like you don't know what you don't know until somebody tells you and then you know right and so i think one time i was here david griffin showed out he was here talking and i was like so when he was all finished i was crushed and i, I got i'm a pretty big ego guy and i think i've been through some stuff and i know some stuff and and i'm just like oh man I'm not good enough for this. I didn't train hard enough for this. I don't know enough for this, which I think is kind of part of what's going on, right? And then we're talking to everybody else, and I'm like, man, if I feel like that, I've been in here for 30 years, been through like three out of 10 of the biggest disasters in Canadian history, and, and I'm like all crushed up in a little ball sucking my thumb here. There wasn't a firefighter in that room that was sitting tall. No, for sure, yeah, for sure. And that was his whole point, was he wasn't either, right? He was yeah. part of some pretty miserable stuff that uh, he had to improve and get better from and, and challenge us to all do it. So, you know, it's fun to, to be part of all of that learning and those lessons and moving forward and, and knowing what's going on. So. so there's probably like six people listening to this right now. This is kind of like your last chance to say anything that's on your mind about the fire service, right? If not, hey, Kaysen, shout out, bro, you and me. One will be my mom. Come on, Jamie. So. Right on. Yeah, so we got your mom and dad listening, my three-year-old grandson. And Might have to teach my mom how to use podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> Fun stuff. Right on. So, Ben, any other last words, you know, last last word on the fire service? This is really great, Jamie. I love this growing up fire platform. Uh, 
every time you get to listen to these podcasts, you learn a little bit more and start thinking about that approach kind of with everything we're doing and even in the Seahawk, uh, you know, showing up at work every day and using that growing up fire analogy to say that everything we do revolves around that moving forward. So it's pretty cool. Nice, right? Yeah. Right. Started to follow this guy. Eh? It's a bit brutal there. Yeah. <laughs> like most people that know me uh, know I'm a huge talker and go on, go on for hours. And <laughs> this was no problem for me to do. <laughs> he says as his face is beat red. <laughs> yep. Not my forte. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's definitely fun to be a part of, and definitely enjoy watching this. And you can see the whole the whole fire family just they they enjoy it. It's one fa- one big family, right? You, you learn from each other. You talk. You have stories. Yeah, it was. You know what? Like we we're over in Hanover, and Tom and Paul oh, yeah. were telling us stories, and you know it's late at night, and Kirsten was with us, and so she was like eyes rolling. Another fire hall, right? But she champed up, and we we go to these places, and uh, we're like, we have to hurry because it's freezing rain, and we might die on the way home. But we still want to check out this fire hall, right? You get to see another fire truck. Then. Honestly, right? So it's just that growing up fire piece where everybody's like super into it and just love it all so much. So, anyways, that's episode eight. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Super happy. To to be here and uh, to grab you on the podcast and have you so uh, appreciate it our pleasure thanks Jamie thanks for listening to growing up fire today follow me on instagram at chief coots to comment or send questions we appreciate your support